Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, Zach Kelberman. Zach, you had a very, very good read, uh, Good, an article that was a good read today, breaking down Drew Locke's um, kind of message to the fans mm-hmm. after the Broncos kind of unceremoniously played themselves out of the playoffs. I'll pull up the piece. There's a lot of Drew Locke, Vic Fangio stuff I want to talk about today, but tell everyone basically the Cliff Notes version of what he said. Well, he basically said it's disappointing that he's upset. I mean, these are the the basics. When you compete in a regular season, you compete to go to the playoffs and hopefully from there to the Super Bowl and and winning that game. But the Broncos didn't do that. Once again, sixth straight year, third year in a row in as many years as Drew Locke has been in the NFL, the Broncos are not going to the playoffs. And he owned it. He said, it's disappointing, uh, but we have to play the last game. We have one more game. We're professionals. We get paid to do this, and we hold ourselves to a high standard. Some of what he said is player speak, quarterback speak, cliche. uh, But uh, in the lower part of the article, when he sends a message to Broncos country, what can he tell Broncos fans? He goes, he was honest and and very measured. He goes, there's bad times, and uh, you got to see yourself through it. Like he says there, there's adversity that you go through. I think if you attack it with full spirit and the ones that you love, and he goes on to mention Cushionberry and Kareem Jackson, those are two of the players that have been pillars to Drew Locke this season. Uh, As long as you have them around you, there's a little extra courage. So they have one more week. They're competing. They don't want to wave the white flag and say, listen, we're done. We're packing up for the winner. But it also is not... deceitful in the sense that Locke is being truthful. It sucks. The Broncos failed in their mission. Pat Bolin set a very high standard, and for six years in a row now, the Broncos have fallen so short of that. And like I wrote in the piece, uh, so many people are either checked out, nobody cares about snubs like Patrick Sertan and, and Justin Simmons. No one knows they haven't had a winning record since 2016. Casual fans outside the market are apathetic to the Broncos, and they have been ever since Peyton Manning went away. And they're just so far off the relevancy map in the NFL, and that's the map that George Peyton wants to be on. And in a way, Locke kind of acknowledged that, doing what Vic Fangio wouldn't once again. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Speaking of Vic Fangio, man, I about fell off my rocker today when he tossed a semi- uh, I mean, there's no other way to interpret it. It was a compliment. Now, you can debate the caliber uh, or the grade of compliment, but check this out, all right? Now, this is after Vix had a chance to watch the film, kind of simmer down from the categorical disappointment and knowledge that his team not making the playoffs, probably getting fired at the end of the year. He's watched the uh, film. Here's what he said about Drew. Quote, I think he's improved these last couple of weeks incrementally from game to game, and that comes with practice, and that comes with reps and playing in the game. I thought he made some good throws yesterday. He had some good reads, some that weren't. He shows his mobility and arm strength. I think it's hard to compare last year, Drew Locke, to this year because this year was choppy for him in that he came in midstream in a few games and then played in a game where there wasn't much practice, talking about this last week. But I do see improvements being made, and here's how he closed. The talent is there, and I still think he can be an NFL quarterback. Close, quote, stop the presses. Now, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic here, but, you know, I was really thinking about this, Zach. This has to be the most, um, the biggest compliment Vic Fangio has paid Drew Locke, at least in the calendar year of 2021. He maybe has said some things similar to that, you know, in years past, like maybe coming out of 2019 or whatnot, but I was actually surprised. But if that's the highest compliment he can pay Drew Locke, that's, it's almost like a diss. It's very backhanded. I was going to tweet about this. It's funny you brought it up. It's the second time now, at least the second time, he's referred to Locke as an NFL quarterback. Why isn't he referring to Locke as part of the Broncos? And he's the only quarterback under contract for 22, you know, unlike Brett Rippon and Teddy Bridgewater. Yet Vic Fangio puts it out there like he's not among the Broncos' future plans and uh, he'll hope to latch on in the NFL. I don't think Fangio would be that transparent, but make him feel like a part of the Broncos organization. It's getting to a point now, and I want to put this out there, in the Broncos fan base, even those like we saw on the show yesterday, I think it was Beto, who, who admitted that I was a lock critic or hater or whatever, and I've kind of come around to how ugly and dirty the coaching staff has done him, his the players around him, the circumstances, the unluckiness of it all, Chad, the unfortunate situations Locke's been in. And I think people are coming around to the fact that he didn't get a fair shake. So uh, Fangio yeah. consider, can, continuing to posit him as a NFL quarterback doesn't really be inclusive, uh, I think, to what the Broncos' messaging should be about the quarterback. It's not too far from what Peyton said when he first took the job. Hey, he's got all the tools you look for. All right. What this, what this quarterback needs is an offensive coach, all right? Head coach, coordinator, I don't care. A guy that has some vision, has some innovation, 
some creativity and basically finish the home stretch of his development. I still think there's a lot of upside with Drew Locke, and I get it. He's still a lot of rough, raw edges, but there's some upside there. And again, who knows? Maybe, Zach, it's not that far off to think Drew Locke could be this team's quarterback in 2022. We'll see how the offseason unfolds, but let's grab different strokes. What's going on, big dog? R.I.P. Dan Reeves. Met him at the 87 American Bowl during the pre-match team walkthroughs. Lovely guy, honest to a fault. Big loss to the Denver Broncos community from across the pond, by the way, uh, different strokes is. Yeah, well said. Very nice little anecdote there. Thank you for sharing that. Dan Reeves, consummate Southern gentleman. You know, if if you read uh, uh, A Relentless Life, John Elway, A Relentless Life by Jason Cole, there's a little section. If I had the book right in front of me, maybe I could find it, but I do, but I don't know if I want to take the time to thumb through um, where it recounts basically what happened when Dan Reeves was ultimately relieved of his duties and just what that did to the building and how he kind of like just sat in his office or what used to be his office uh, for like half a day saying goodbyes to people and was just like dumbfounded. Didn't know what to do with his hands. He's like Ricky Bobby, right? I don't know what to do. Didn't know what to do with himself. And uh, it's because he cared so much. And, you know, he really did. As I mentioned last night, we'll turn the page here, Zach. But as I mentioned last night, Dan Reeves took the Broncos from being a team that got lucky, capturing lightning in a bottle one year to go to the Super Bowl, the 78 Broncos, and lose to the Cowboys, to being a powerhouse perennial contender. And, yes, getting John Elway, that was a big part of that, obviously. But RIP Dan Reeves. Yeah, I'm just thinking in my head while you're talking um, how crappy of a season all things considered this was for the Broncos. Playoff hopes after 3-0, they quickly became shattered. The passing of DT, the, the passing of Dan Reeves. I mean, just a, a pretty brutal season in Denver. Hopefully 22 is much better. Sam Bam, thank you for that very, very generous super chat, my friend. He says, Happy New Year, Broncos country. Though times have been tough, I'm still very excited to see what George Payton does in the offseason, and I fully believe he will fix the Broncos, and better years are ahead. Go Broncos, hashtag one week till it starts. Yeah, we are inching ever closer, Zach, to Black Monday, and just starting to read kind of the tea leaves. I mean, we've we've been able to see it from 10,000 feet all the way up to up close, but some of the... Uh, you know, the usual uh, Bronco insiders, the tonality I have noticed over the last two weeks has really shifted. It's no longer, you know, what are some of the reasons to keep Fangio, this and that? No, everyone can sense that this is a parting of the ways is imminent. Because you know why? There are no reasons to keep Fangio around. You know, you could talk about his defense, but his defense did really nothing yesterday, shorthanded as they were against the Chargers. Um, I got some people on Twitter saying to me that it could be Black Sunday for the Broncos because the game got flexed a Saturday afternoon. So, you know, I don't I don't think it's going to happen, though. I think they're going to give it the weekend. They're going to use Sunday as like an evaluation period, let the dust settle and come out f- with a formal firing and a formal press conference on Black Monday if they go that direction. You know, we had that report yesterday before the game started for me and Rappaport that said Fangio could stick around for a fourth year, but it's contingent on making a compelling case to George Payton. I don't think that was too compelling, what they did against the Chargers. 34-13, pretty non-competitive game, if you ask me. So even in a blowout win over Kansas City at home, I don't think it's enough. Maybe it's not not my bias talking, Chad, or what I want the Broncos to do. I don't think it's enough at this point uh, to save Fangio's job. The the way you put it here, I think – 
really hammers home there is no good reason to keep Fangio. The Broncos required, this is Zach, required a small miracle to sneak into the postseason, but the chance still existed going into Sunday. Uh, minute as it may have been, this, of course, was prior to the blowout defeat, which epitomized Vic Fangio's tenure as head coach, a stumbling, bumbling performance rife with an ineffective offense, collapsing defense, and total dumpster fire on special teams. Zing, God, zing, good. zing, and zing. But refute it. You can't. You know, Vic Fangio, they're a bend but don't break. Tip your cap to the defense. They hardly ever, you know, relative to other NFL teams, give up touchdowns in the red area. But when the chips are down, Zach, and you need to stop, you need that big play, you need to get off the field and win the game. This defense, I can't think of one instance. There's got to have been one. But I can't think of one off the top of my head. I really can't. I'm not trying to be cute. Like, when did that defense save the day? Chips are down. That was the deciding factor. And we always say, like, if you can't think of one example, what does that tell you in itself? The only thing that ever comes to mind of the, the defense closing out a game is the Miami game, when I think it was Simmons who picked it off in the end zone. Uh, other than that, though, they never really come up with that game-changing sack, that game-changing fumble, game-changing INT. That's a Vic Fangio you know defense. What? You know what? I just thought of one. You know how the Broncos played the Raiders in season finale in back-to-back years? Drew Locke's rookie year, nursing a very small lead, uh, that tip pass at the line on fourth down, Shelby Harris saved the game. That was it. So you're going back two years to find going back example. Two years. Uh, Scott's reminding about the Washington fumble, I'm trying to think about the Washington game. But either way, because we're having to rack our brains here, I mean – that's too much talent point. to have to rack our brains. Injuries, CV or not. Too much talent. Too good. Uh, Burnt Brass, 1776, in the house. Thank you, buddy. I'm starting to think the reason Vic still has a job is because if Mike Munchak and uh, Shula won a few games, Patton would, Patton, Peyton would be expected to keep them long-term, and this way he can get the coaches he wants. Uh, no, I mean, when's the last time an interim ended up in the league hanging on and getting the job was it uh kitchens i think i was just gonna say freddie kitchens i think he's the last guy before him um you know the last interim head coach the broncos had was eric studisville in 2010 he was retained by the incoming coaching staff and was given the opportunity to interview for the job that ultimately went to john fox but no one hired him and i get it mike munchak does have nfl bona fides as a head coach uh Mike Shula does not, however. He's never been a head coach in the league, although he was the head coach of Alabama preceding uh, Nick Saban. You know, my question is, can Mike Munchak develop a quarterback or can he call plays on offense? If you can't do either of those things or master nope. those things, I don't want you to be the Broncos head coach. Simple as that. 727 Mill, what's going on, my friend? Thanks for being with us. Appreciate the super. He says, I can't wait for next Sunday. All I want to see is fired. You're fired. You're Got fired. the emojis going and all. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming, guys. But you know what? Of all the suffering that Vic Fangio has presided over, Zach, over these three seasons, the one parting gift that he could give to this fan base is snapping the streak. Snapping the 12-game, the most ignominious streak in my history and, and memory of being a Broncos fan, and beat the Chiefs. Beat the Chiefs at home. That's how he could say, you know what? Sorry, guys. Here's, here's a parting gift. Didn't work out. Thanks for everything. Boom. 
you can keep your freaking pardon gift. It's it's fool's gold. It's false hope. It, if anything, beating Kansas City w- would show what the Broncos could have been this season if they applied themselves or if they played up to something, if Fangio got the team up for something and it not being the season finale or maybe the last game of the Fangio tenure. I don't want a meaningless victory. They're eliminated from the playoffs. At that point, all it would do was improve Fangio's job prospects with the Broncos and hurt their playoff positioning. I'm not rooting for a loss, but I'm not exactly hoping for a victory either. Eddie Vasquez, good to see you, my friend. It's been a minute. Welcome back. He says, me and Pops debated this for the past couple weeks. Would Vic take a step down to defensive coordinator? And then bears the question, would you want that as a fan? So explain to him, Zach, why that's not even like in the realm of possibility. Because it doesn't happen. I'm waiting for one person to find one example in modern NFL history of a head coach taking a demotion with the same team and and, and the next season taking a different – it doesn't happen in the NFL. I don't even think it happens in college. So there's no precedent for it, and I don't think the Broncos are going to set that precedent. It's Vic as head coach or no Vic at all, and I don't want him as defensive coordinator. I'd be happy to find somebody else, Chad. Bring back Wade Phillips at 70 years old. His defense is still better than Vic Fangio's. You can find a young guy around the NFL. You can find maybe one of Fangio's assistants, either on Brandon Staley's staff or on the current staff. I'm not that wild about Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. I think he's good, but I think he's replaceable as well. There are two very pragmatic reasons. All right. As well. One is, first of all, it's a trick. It's a sticky subject contractually. There's a, that's another reason why it doesn't happen for teams that are canceling a head coach's contract, basically firing him. And then to say here, take, you know, 10 times less or whatever it might be and stay as a defensive coordinator. It's very tricky. But two, the incoming head coach, all right, that's coming in to re- replace that guy. Last thing he wants, team brass, GM, owner, none of them want even the thought of or possibility of the guy who was head coach who's going to have his guys that are loyal to him, all right? That guy will have his guys in any way, shape, or form undermining the new head coach, even if it's not through anything of his own doing. So it just doesn't happen, big dog. Miguel. What's up, bro? Appreciate you. He says, I didn't like Fangio's vibes in that presser today. Sounded like he thinks he's going to stay. Thoughts about Dan Quinn as head coach and Peterson as an offensive coordinator combo, Zach? Well, I mean, how else is Vic Fangio going to posture himself? Like he's going to get fired in a week? He's going to keep up the image that he's going to come back next year? He is still signed through next season through 2022, so he doesn't have to act like he's on the hot seat if he doesn't truly believe it or want others to believe it. About Quinn and and as a head coach and Peterson as an OC, there's no, I mentioned this before, I want one of those positions to have someone with upside. So a younger guy who's still climbing up the ranks and paying his dues, and this is the first stop uh, toward that next position, if that's the OC, I want a younger guy at the controls. I want a more creative mind. I know Doug Peterson has the success with the Eagles, but how much can that be attributed to Nick Foles? How much could that be attributed to the other coaches that were in the building? I wouldn't mind necessarily one of them as the head coach, but I don't want both of those retreads on the same staff. Well said, and thank you again, Miguel, my friend. Um, guys, update on where we stand just three days in to January. Of course, our goal, 250,000 stars on Facebook. When we reach it, we will raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. By the way, did you see Joe Spath this morning, Scott? Because I haven't seen him yet. Uh, Joe won last month. And anyway, the only people in the running for this raffle are those who contribute to the goal. 
We're at 5%, so we got plenty of rows left to hoe in order to hit goal. And here are the guys and gals, if there be, uh, at the top of the list, going to have the most tickets in the hat. Shane, the Aviator Daniels. By the way, that's because his Twitter handle, the Aviator. Uh, Miguel Santistevan at two, Jermaine at three, Doug Raquel four, Travis Weber five, Andrew Baker six, uh, Lawrence Rivera seven, Mike Reno eight, Pete Middleton nine, Travis Tarbox ten. Much love. Appreciate you guys supporting us. And here he is. What's up, Shane? Evening, Chad and Zach. If Fangio thinks Locke can still be an NFL QB, then why didn't he go with him as the starter? I hope Locke gets another start this week to continue to show. Yeah, Fangio con uh, confirmed it's going to be Drew. Teddy's still in the concussion protocol. No one's rushing him back. He's not going to play. So it's Drew, provided that shoulder doesn't Man. come back to be a problem. What I was just thinking about is I don't think Teddy's rushing back to play either. I, I don't think this is all my opinion. I don't think he loves football. And I contrast that by what I read about Drew Locke in his post-game press conference yesterday talking about his shoulder. He goes, quote, there's no way I'm standing on the sideline. Shoot it up and ready to go. I, say what you want about him with the interceptions and the turnovers. He is a gamer. He loves football. I love reading stuff like that. Uh, so to get back to your question, though, Shane, he referred to him as an NFL quarterback, not as a Broncos quarterback. He thinks that maybe Drew can be something with another team in another system, not with his boy, Pat Shermer, and with his Broncos. I don't think Fangio sees the future in Locke's hands, and that's why he went with Teddy ultimately. And all he's trying to do now is clean the egg off his face that's been sitting there since naming Teddy the starter because it's the wrong decision. It was the wrong decision, and it was purely in the self-interest of saving his job. You know, he felt like, and you can say that he was wrong, but he felt like Teddy gave him the best possible chance to keep his job because he thought at the time, hey, I'm going to have a dope defense. All right. I just need the offense to not give the ball away. And we got to, we're going to have a good running game. You know, just be efficient and we'll carry the rest of the water and we can win with that model. Oh, how he was wrong in so many ways. He went for the higher floor than he did the higher ceiling, and he's going to pay the price with his job. Travis Weber, what's up, big dog? Says, good evening, Chad, Zach, Broncos country. Fangio knows he could be out the door, so paying what compliments he can. Does Denver have an emergency kicker and punter? Mike Kliss tweeted that McManus and Sam Martin on the CV list. Indeed, they both are. So, no, they're going to have to sign someone. If uh, <laughs> Make Tom McMahon to do it. Yeah, Trot <laughs> make McMahon him do one of those. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a trippy situation that would be. I think you could probably get bought, go sign a punter off the street and just kind of bear down and hold on for dear life. But as we learned last year during the real, you know, uh, being racked by the pandemic, what was that XFL kicker the Broncos had to turn to for one game? Oh, man. Remember? Yeah. I can't even remember the kid's name. The poor guy just yeah. completely was not equal to his opportunity and it was brutal, but uh, yeah, they'll have to sign someone guys. Well, two thoughts here. A doesn't matter. And, and B if they're fully vaxxed, can't they get, can't they test out before Saturday's game or it's not an automatic rule out. So they might still play. depends if they can contain uh, hopefully it's not an outbreak, but again, doesn't really matter. Honestly. And you know what? I don't know this, but being that McManus is the team's NFL PA player rep, I could, I would bet every dollar in my bank Same. account he is vaxxed. So, 
Uh, George Fox, what do we do if they keep Vic? Uh, here's to hoping that this doesn't happen. Denver Broncos for life. Thanks to the best pod that's on the air for the Broncos. Hey, Thank you're you. a sweetheart, George. We love you, buddy. And I saw that you're at number 11 right now on the Facebook rankings. Attaboy. Uh, what, do they, what do we do? You just hope that if Vic Fangio somehow, someway survives, you hope that the first casualty is Pat Shermer and that they go out there and they hire an offensive coordinator that makes you sit up in your chair and you start nodding your head and you're going, okay, yeah, all right. That's the best case scenario. And maybe they go land Aaron Rodgers or something like that. But there's there, it would be really tough to spin any kind of positive, which is another reason why, Zach, Broncos know this too. You know, they went from a couple one, 2000 no shows on game days to they're now in the five digits, five digits, 10,000 plus no shows at home games. That's a huge message to a team that is literally the religion of the region. It's Broncos. They're king in Denver, in Colorado, period. I mean, there's some great sports teams. There's some great, um, you know, sports legacies in Colorado from the Avalanche to the, the, the Nuggets, the Rockies. I mean, there's a lot that that fans of sports that can kind of console themselves with, but nothing rings the bell in Colorado like the Broncos. And nothing drives more of the NFL than the almighty dollar. And you mentioned 10,000 no-shows. Well, that number might be 20,000 if Fangio comes back for a fourth year. And I think George Payton knows that. He knows the fans discuss with Fangio. He knows he, he's had multiple years now to try it his way, and his way has not worked. And he was saddled, George Payton was, with Vic Fangio and by association Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater. A new GM, and he's going into his second year but still pretty new, needs to pick his own guy at least one time. And he, hopefully he has the power to pick his own guy. Beto's asking, who would that be? Who's that OC that would make you sit up in your chair? You know, under Fangio? It would depend on how some of the other coaching staffs resolve because there are going to be multiple head coaches getting fired here within the next week. And so maybe there's a guy out there that, um, you know, is one of those casualties you could look to. But it's not so much finding an OC, Beto. It's about the head coach. I don't want to saddle another OC with Vic Fangio's failed administrative slash scheming slash leadership uh, approach. And then we'll grab Larry here. I was going to say, if Fangio comes back, will he better have the next Sean McVay on staff as his OC, or he better have an established, bona fide superstar quarterback like Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, take your pick. Fail, and even that might not be enough to change the results with Fangio as the head coach. That's the ultimate domino that has to fall before we see true change with the Broncos, is Fangio as head coach. And plus, coordinators don't take lateral jobs. They just don't. You know, you can't go try and, for example, talk Mike McDaniel off the Niners for an OC job. Now, you could get that interview if it's for head coach. All the guys that you would want are only head coach candidates because they're not going to even consider, let alone will their teams uh, allow an interview for lateral jobs. All right, let's grab Larry. Can, can I drive the knife one yeah. final time a little further, Chad? The Broncos in 2017 went from the possibility – of Kyle Shanahan and Wade Phillips to 2021, Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer. Let that sink in. That's where we is. Larry, it's great to see you, my friend. Longtime listener, member of our community. Longtime Super Chat superstar. It's great to see you, buddy. Happy New Year. He says, Locke, last three games he started, 
no turnovers, almost as if he was getting better. Careful, dude. If you espouse that take on Twitter, you know what's going to happen, bro. You can get uh, like whack-a-mole. You're going to be in your mentions trying to bat down people that nah, – ah, 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 ah. Mute, 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 mute. But again, to dial it back a little, there was clear empirical evidence before the season started that Drew had taken some steps. Now, how far, how great were those steps? You know, it's hard to know at this point for sure because he took them, he made them, he had momentum, and then went on ice for, you know, what has it been? Three months, right? And then he finally gets to play, and it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to be working out some kinks, you know, Russ going to be falling off in chunks. But I do submit Drew Locke is a better player today than he was when the season finale ended last year, and he's really taken, I think, uh, the whole don't turn the ball over, don't turn the ball over to heart. And honestly, Zach, the first game that he started this year, last week, you could tell that it maybe affected how willing he was to be aggressive. This last game against the Chargers, I did not get that feeling that he was in any way kind of had his wings clipped. Like if he saw a chance, he took it vertically. And that's what one of the things this offense has been missing all year long. I think they had more completions in one game of 40-plus yards or 30-plus yards than they had all season under Teddy Bridgewater. But he even said himself he sees his play getting better. He he referenced the no turnovers. He referenced the smarter play. And I forgot who it was. A fellow player said that Locke is a lot more confident. He's taking command of the huddle now. It's a different Drew. And we predicted that, and we saw that even in the preseason. We saw that in the Vikings game. We saw glimpses of that in the Seattle game in the preseason before Fangio went with Teddy. We, we didn't get to see Drew anymore. He's a different quarterback than when he entered the NFL. He's a different quarterback than last year. He's a different quarterback than last week. He's definitely growing up. Then you consider he was without Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick. He lost Dalton Reisner. He suffered another throwing shoulder injury, same as last year, and still went out through for 245, one touchdown, no uh, interceptions. He played a clean brand of football, a little more explosive than Teddy Bridgewater. He wasn't the reason the Broncos lost. I think most of his Critics would have killed for a performance like that if he was named the starter. They finally get one, and now they're saying it's not enough. Well, that's the same thing Teddy Bridgewater was doing, and they were praising him for that. Again, he is cursed in Denver. He truly cannot win here, literally and figuratively. I, I'm always going to wonder, man, if he ends up you know, not part of what the team views as the solution in 2022, which is probable, I'm always going to wonder what could have been if he would have uh... – had a decent coaching staff or a coaching staff at the very least that believed in him and you know followed through on the development and the sacrifices the team made to develop him. Uh, Mike Reno, what's up, big dog? And then I see you from uh, Wyatt Horning as well. As I've said many times, says Mike, Fangio's pride and his lack of accepting criticism, constructive or not, makes him incapable of making the necessary changes needed to simply win. You know, I think it's an – it's a hallmark of all coaches, you know, uh, pride, stubbornness, my way or the highway, because you got to believe that you know what you're doing. That's what got you there. But what separates the good and great coaches from the chaff that get recycled year after year is recognizing when got to make a change, whether it's in-game adjustments, personnel changes, firing a coach, whatever the shift must be. Those coaches recognize it, Zach, long before it ends up being such a problem that it's either costing them in the standings or, God forbid, their jobs. 
I mean, he literally has Tom McMahon going out there every Friday and saying, it's on me. It's my fault. There is a disaster on special teams. He, Tom McMahon is basically saying, I'm failing at my job. And Vic Fangio just looks the other way every single week. When you're condoning it, you're enabling that. Then you become part of the problem. But even today, Vic Fangio made a comment like, I love where the Broncos are headed and, and George is going to get it right. Or it's implying that it's the players that are the problem. It's, it couldn't be the coaching, right? It couldn't be you, Vic. It couldn't be Pat Shermer. It couldn't be Tom McMahon. It has to be all on the players. That's all he ever does is avoid accountability, avoid responsibility, and he backs the bus up over his own players. And that bus, more likely than not, will back up over Drew Locke. That's his pincushion for the voodoo, you know, just to work out his demons as well. He's the only one he ever publicly comes out with detestment for, who you could read between the lines with, but he never says it's on me. He never says the coaches failed. And you know, the ultimate way of saying that is by showing an action. And an action exactly. would be firing Tom McMahon or holding Pat Shermer accountable, shaking something up, but he stands idly by, literally folding his arms, completely clueless or apathetic to it all. That's not a head coach to me. I think it's because he was an assistant for so long. It's not kind of like Coob, you know, like it just goes against their nature to fire someone because they've been that guy that gets fired by a head coach. Uh, Wyatt Horning, what's up, big dog? If we go rookie quarterback, who do you want as head coach and offensive coordinator to develop that rookie? I think, Zach, there's a who's who list of really good candidates for that. Hackett. All right, Nathaniel Hackett, Green Bay. Brian Dayball has already a very proven record of developing a young Q. So that would probably be my number one if you're planning on going to the draft. Who you got? I have two right now. I still like Kellen Moore, but he's fallen a few pegs lower. Nathaniel Hackett's number one. Again, I've mentioned him on previous podcasts. Go on my Twitter right now. The case can be made that he's the most all-around up-and-coming head coach um, but you, you want a quarterback developer. You, you want someone that's going to work with any type of quarterback. I've been really impressed with Tyler Huntley in Baltimore. And that's two quarterbacks now that anytime they come in the game, Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, Greg Roman, the OC there, he seems to be working wonders. I mean, to lose a franchise guy like Lamar and still be in the playoff picture with Tyler Huntley, I watched the highlights of yesterday's game. He could be a starter for 20 teams right now. It's a credit to the coaching staff. So Greg Roman is slowly rising. I do like Brian Dayball as well. You can look for someone like Brian Callahan. Um, there's a lot of up-and-coming names out there. We just need the Broncos to hit on one. That's right. Andrew Baker, what's going on, my friend? He says, try to enjoy our last game, Broncos country. If Locke plays, hope that he has a good game. A lot of grit and determination by the kid, which is more than most QBs like Flacco. Shake my head, MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. You the man. Um, absolutely. I do. I, you know, seriously, I understand it affects uh, draft order. So I'm throwing that out the window. But nothing to me would – Nothing would please me more than the Denver Broncos. I don't care if it's by one point and it's ugly. Beating the Chiefs because you snap that 12-game losing streak. For Drew Locke, it would be highly symbolic because that's his team, right? That's the team that's also just kind of had this weird, mystifying uh, voodoo spell on him from the weird Darth Vader comments to the stories we've heard about his family and this and that. Like, it would just be great all around. End this just forgettable season. 
on a one positive note, and that one positive note gets a monkey off your back as an organization, I think Zach helps usher in the exercising of the demon. Fangio's gone. Thanks. That's the last thing you could do for us. Appreciate that, coach. Hit the bricks. Now your young team kind of feels like, okay, we, we can we can do this. You know, we can contend with any opponent in the NFL. We just need the right horses at coach. Uh, I'd love to see it, Zach. For Drew Locke, this isn't just a rivalry game against Kansas City. This is a rivalry game against Mother Nature. Remember when he drove into Kansas and his windshield got right. smashed by yeah, a rock? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he came. it was a Final Destination type stuff, Chad, that happened to Drew there. So there's some omen hanging around him in Kansas City. I, I would like to see it, of course. I'd love to see Drew ball and the offense ball and the Broncos win, but at what cost? Would it mean keeping Fangio around for one more year? I would sacrifice one more loss. Nope for to to get the Fangio ghost removed from the Broncos. So I, I wouldn't want to hurt the draft positioning either. I would sacrifice one or two goats and I'd get her done. You know, I'd get on the good side of the football gods. Here's a goat. In fact, here's two goats. Bless us. Open up the windows of, of the football heavens and pour us out a blessing. Colby C. Collier, what's going on, big dog? But we still can't throw a pass in the end zone. You know, that's the thing I said last night. Drew did a lot of good things wasn't the problem was once again the if 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 not one of the best players on the field for the Broncos yesterday but my critique of him was could have been better in the key situations I'm talking third down they went three of 13 I'm talking red zone so Drew shoulders his own share of that responsibility Colby but guys if anyone that knows football can see Pat Shermer He's out of ideas. He doesn't know what he is doing. He is not going to have a coordinator job. His next stop, mark my words, Zach, remember, this was said on January 3rd, 2022. If I'm wrong, we'll come up with something. I'll eat some crow on air, you know. I don't know. My daughter pour a thing of, like, green jello over my head on I camera. You. I don't know. We'll I'm come up with something. But his next job, and he will get another job when he gets fired. It won't be as a coordinator. He'll go back to, just like in Minnesota. He'll go out. He'll go back to being a – O-line or tight ends coach, maybe a quarterback's coach, probably a tight ends coach. That's his bread and butter and O-line. And uh, that's it. You know, he'll have to wait for opportunity to knock again to get some interim opportunity to, to call plays and then hope he can parlay that into something else. The, the, the book is out there on Pat Shermer, and I'm telling you right now, it's not just opponents – the NFL at large, GMs, owners, people that do the hiring in this biz, no one's looking to add Pat Shermer as an offensive coordinator, despite the fact that if you just look at his resume and you don't know anything more about him, but you just look at his resume, AP coach of the year, assistant coach of the year in 2017, been an NFL head coach twice. He's held offensive coordinator positions at multiple stops. No, he's not going to be an OC in his next spot. So my point in that long-winded rant here, Zach, is the – Struggles in the red zone, I attribute 80% of that to offensive coordinator. It wasn't just the red zone. They had a third and three fairly early in the game, Chad, and what did they do? They ran a, a running play out of shotgun laterally, by the way. Nothing down the field, nothing aggressive at all. Pat Shermer would be lucky to get the positions that you laid out next year. Division three college, I think, suits him uh, fairly well, as Colin says. But, Chad, I promised, while we have a minute here, I promised Jeremy Crane – uh, on Twitter earlier today, I would take this comment that Benjamin Albright made. So I want to get your okay. opinion on this. Mm -hmm. 
Albright said, anytime you have players go directly to an OC and say, hey, coach, this isn't working here. There are some things we could try. And that OC blows them off by telling them they're the players. It's their job to execute. I'm the coach. It's my job to coach. You know he's not long for the job. And that's mm. that's the co- Broncos coaching epitomized. Mm. That is scathing, dude. That's an indictment. That's a... Uh living embodiment that is the epitome of what you see on the field told through an anecdote all right pat Shermer is stubborn he's uh arrogant he's willfully oblivious he doesn't scheme to his players strengths he schemes to what he thinks is best he doesn't listen to his players if his players are coming to him saying coach we think this might work any coach worth his salt even if he's quite full of himself and most you know newsflash guys most nfl coaches are quite full of themselves especially if they hold coordinator positions you're going to still at least listen you might not agree with 100 you know every point that that player is making but you're going to factor it into the equation and if it's a player in particular zach that holds good standing leader on the team quarterback big dog wide receiver whatever it might be you're going to even if you disagree with him you're going to weave it into the repertoire just as a show of respect, just as a, all right, let's try it. Let's see, man. It's very disappointing. I don't dis, I don't disbelieve it one way. Those qualities that you laid out though, who also does that sound like Vic Fangio who hired Pat Shermer, Vic Fangio. Why did Vic Fangio hire Pat Shermer? We're starting to see why now they are two peas in a pod and they both don't deserve their current coaching titles. And hopefully soon enough, they won't have them. I think Albright's on the nose there. And that's coming from a fairly optimistic Broncos media member. It's not a dark sider media member. He tries to toe a realistic line, but I think he takes a more op- optimistic slant. And him saying out there publicly, so obvious, so transparent, but so brutally honest as well. I think that, like you said, Chad, that's an indictment. Jeremy, appreciate the shout out. He says, Zach, you guys are the best. Appreciate you, Jeremy. You're welcome. Uh, we saw one from Sam Bam. I, I wasn't able to read that. He's coming right back on. But, yeah, that's uh, that's just a pitiful, pitiful. And, you know, there's a reason that's coming out. Now, all due respect to Benjamin Albright, friend of ours. He's been on the show. He's been helpful to MHH. He has our guys on his, his radio show on KOA all the time. Um, he also has to, from a po- political perspective, kind of walk the line because Broncos own that station, all right? Um, so when he's kind of either – been unhandcuffed or unhandcuffing himself to open up and say something like that. It's pretty clear indication that there's been some sort of a green light to, Hey, you know, let's, let's stop trying to dance around certain issues. Let's stop trying to prop up certain figures within the organization, etc. Well, Albright also tweeted, yes, I think it was after the long Mike Williams touchdown bomb that really made the game a blowout. Albright said there are going to be major changes and Broncos fans should look forward to that. So it's it, you can't deny it. What your eyes are seeing and what your brain is telling you. They need coaching changes and those can come in a week or so. They will come. Sam Bam again. Thanks, buddy. In a perfect Broncos world, we keep Locke, hire Brian Dayball as head coach, and have him do with Locke like he did Josh Allen. Then we save all the draft picks, but I sadly know that won't happen. I wouldn't say uh, with perfect knowledge that's not happening. Um, it would be really cool to see. I agree with you 100%. I think if there's, you know, if you look at all the potential candidates out there, Zach's got a great point about Hackett. 
But if you're focusing on purely developing that young guy, I don't think there's anyone amongst the true contenders for that this coming coaching cycle with a better recent track record than Brian Dable. Now, there's a big difference, obviously, between the caliber of player Josh Allen is, who's a freak athlete in a million different ways, all right, and Drew Locke. Drew Locke has one kind of freak thing about him, borderline freak, and that's his arm strength. But still, very similar player, not as big and Cam Newton-ish, you know, in terms of being that rugged power runner that like Josh Allen can be. He's definitely, Drew's not going to be that. But as kind of that gunslinging, strong-armed, athletic, mobile guy, yeah, I could see it. I could see it, Zach. I can get on board with this, but I'm not making Locke the understood starter. If that scenario unfolds and you save the draft picks from a Rodgers or Wilson trade, I'm probably still drafting a quarterback in the first or second round and at least having him compete. You know, as as encouraging as Drew Locke has played the last couple games, he still does not deserve to be given anything entering next year. A backup job, a starting job, he has to earn all of that. So I would would not mind at all Brian Dayball. I would not mind at all keeping Drew Locke, but you have to at least give another option for Dayball to go with if Locke flames out. Keep stacking wood on the fire. Miguel, what do y'all think of how pissed, for lack of a better word, Melvin Gordon was today? Zach? Love what he said. Explain to people what it was. He said that we have way too much talent to not be in the playoffs. I think he said it's ridiculous. And, to me, that's a shot at the coaching. Maybe I'm seeing that in my orange and blue tinted colored glasses, Chad. But it's true. They have a Pro Bowl, I think, littered or caliber roster. They have a playoff caliber roster. And with a different quarterback and a different coordinator, let's say, just as an offensive coordinator, they could have 10 wins and be in the playoff picture right now. So he was mad that he didn't get to go to the postseason. But I think he sees what most fans are seeing about uh, the whole Broncos hierarchy. A slobber knocker of a super chat coming from north of the 49th parallel up in canada christopher gaspari with another back-to-back two nights in a row top shelf highly very generous super chat i mean seriously chris thank you buddy that just means the world to us i hope you know that helps keep the lights on it really does and keeps our show independent so thank you to to thanks to you chris thanks to all of our star supporters all of our paid subscribers on facebook all of our super chat superstars, you guys fund this show. You know, you guys are mile high huddle. We just work here for real. He says, what's up boys, football priests at the helm. Love what you guys do. Like Jeremy said, spitting the truth, preach state of being Denver Broncos for life. Thank you, Christopher. Christopher, Christopher, Mark Langley, Gaspari. Appreciate you so much, Chris. You are a legend already. Thank you so much. You the man, Chris. Good to see you, bro. Um, Seriously. Sometimes you you guys just leave leave me at a loss for words, but please don't ever interpret that as a lack of gratitude because it's not it's not. We understand how special that is. Thank you, my friend. Um, all right, Zach, we're at forty five minutes. Let's see. We might end tonight maybe a little bit early. We'll see what else is uh, in the hopper on people's minds. Swagnash, good to see you, buddy. I'll say this once again: Locke is going nowhere. He's cheap. He is cheap and has one more year. Drew will start next year, but we'll draft a quarterback. Watch. So what he's saying is he's Drew's coming back. When he says Locke is going nowhere, he's not saying necessarily, you know, Drew Locke sucks. He's saying he's going to be here next year. Zach, your thoughts to this uh, premise? 
I what I just laid out. I wouldn't have a problem uh, him coming back and competing for a starting job or competing for the backup job, certainly, but nothing should be grandfathered to Drew Locke. He has to earn every snap. He has to earn his title, and they have to have competition at the most important position in all of sports. You know, we talk about George Payton coming in and not preferring to be saddled by the incumbent coaching staff. Well, I don't think someone like Brian Dayball would prefer to come in and be saddled with a quarterback that he had no input in selecting or developing. I think he would want his own guy. He would not mind having Drew in the building as kind of like a pet project, but I still want the first-round quarterback. I still want another blue chipper at that spot. By the way, um, Christopher, send us an email with your shipping address. We'd like to send you out a little thank you for being just as supportive as you've been. The last three times we've seen you in the in the chat, you've dropped – high three-digit super chat. So uh, milehighhuddle at Gmail. We need your shipping address, big dog. Um, Travis, no, I'm not thinking of Connor Barth. Um, hold on. I'll, I'll pull it up. If, Zach, if you want to talk to the queen for a second, I'm going to pull up that kicker. I want to bow to the queen. So good, so good to see you, Christy. Thank you so much for the $5 super. She says, thanks, guys, with a orange heart emoji. Love you, Christy, so much. Hope you're doing well. Always good to see you. Uh, Taylor Russolino. Russolino, that's right. Um, yeah, Christy, great to see you. Happy New Year. Hope the girls are doing well. Uh, hope you had a great holiday. Love you. Appreciate you. Yeah, so if you guys can remember, Patrick, what's up, buddy? Thank you for those stars. You to man, you to man. Um, so let's see. Fangio suggests Broncos will cut Russolino after Bill's disaster. This is an article you wrote, Zach, in... On December 20th last year, Russellino, who arrived on the recommendation of former Colts punter turned podcaster Pat McAfee, shanked a 51-yard field goal attempt and not one but two extra points in the friendly mile-high altitude amidst Denver's 48-19 uh, <laughs> disembowelment at the hands of the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. So, FYI. It sounded good, you know. I all you know, you can attest to Chad. You write so many of these stories; they all kind of blend together. But when you hear about them and read them, it's yep. kind of an interesting experience. Ha having your words spit back at you. Yeah, but you know what? Maybe that should have been a red flag at some point that Tom McMahon is not it at special teams, and maybe he should have been thinking about his replacement. But alas, alas, indeed. The Queen says, "How do you expect your quarterback to show confidence when you have no confidence in him?" Coaching blows. End of story. End of podcast. Good night. <laughs> what more needs said? I mean, it's not just like they don't have confidence in them, which is true, Christy, for sure. But they they have like resentment toward Drew Locke. Vic Fangio, like low-key or maybe even high-key as we lost Chad momentarily, he hates Drew Locke and he has no bones admitting that. To saddle your job to Teddy Bridgewater and, and instead of playing Drew Locke and seeing what you have, I think it's uh, nonsense, but that's how much Fangio doesn't like him. He wouldn't play Drew Locke when Teddy could barely walk. I mean, he was punching air when Drew Locke had to come in the game. We just didn't see it. He's run plays non-conducive to Drew Locke's success. You can argue the Broncos have done everything in their power to undermine Drew Locke, their starting quarterback. It's wild, and it's it's a story that no one's talking about. I was trying to click on a different tab to open something. I accidentally X'd out the streaming tab, so my bad. Travis, I know we talked about this before, but if we get an owner in place, will it help the stability well, help with stability of a good coaching staff or at least help the situation. It can only help, in my opinion. 
even if it's not a great football guy type owner, which it's not going to be, you know, it's going to be some billionaire that earned his bones Silicon Valley or some big business thing or whatever. They're not going to be football guys. They'll hire someone to be football guys, but what it will do to affect change is it creates accountability at every level of the organization. There is an ultimate shot caller. There is someone who actually owns this team. And from the president of football operations to the CEO, to the GM on down, everyone is accountable to that guy. And right now there isn't that. I mean, the closest approximation is Joe Ellis, but it's not even that, you know, he doesn't own this team. He presides over a trust that the NFL has finally lost its patience for. And that's why you are going to see ownership change, uh, whether it stays with the Bowen, which doesn't sound like it's going to, or gets sold, there will be ownership shift 2022 for this team. Yeah, it'll help for sure. But I don't want Broncos fans thinking that uh, because they don't have an owner in place right now, it means that Fangio's going to come back or Peyton can't pick his guy. I don't think it's going to happen like that. But when they get a new leader of the helm, it'll everything else below that will start to fall into place. And honestly, the sooner that Ellis is out of the picture, the better. He's really been a detriment to the Broncos' success in the post-Peyton Manning era. Agreed. Dennis Woods up in Michigan. What's going on, my friend? Thank you. He says, we need coaches with enthusiasm and one that interacts with players. Change locker room from losing culture to winning culture. That starts with coaches. I agree. You need to find that guy, uh, someone who has a swagger to him and someone that's got some bona fides, you know, someone that guys can fall in line and, and um, be excited about in that locker room and have some belief. And um, real quick, here's uh, Jeremy jumping in saying, I heard from a different pod that the trust and Joe Ellis main reason why the Broncos are in a mess that they're in. It's a big part of it. It is, you know, um, just ultimate lack of accountability. And especially that becomes a problem, Zach, when the people at the top of whatever the power, um, you know, hierarchy is, don't know what they're doing or are incompetent. And Joe Ellis is a great guy. I, I, I don't want to say he's incompetent. That's too much. All right. I'm not going to say that. Uh, very kind, very good guy, very savvy business guy. Obviously presided over the worst six-year stretch in team history. So can you say job well done in any way, shape, or form to this cat? You can't. God bless you, though, Joe. Yeah, but, I mean, Joe Ellis is the reason why supposedly Kyle Shanahan didn't come to Denver. Then supposedly Mike Shanahan didn't come back to Denver. I mean, I still subscribe, Chad, and maybe you disagree at this point, but the biggest coach, the biggest blunders the Broncos have made since Peyton are not at quarterback, they're at coaching. And if you subscribe to that theory, well, Joe Ellis is a big reason why they went with the coaches that they have the last five years. Guys, we have the winner of the December Apple Podcast, <clears throat> pardon me, five-star review giveaway, Travis, June 12th. Whoever that Travis is, is it Travis Weber? Could it be? Could it be Travis Tarbox? Could it be a different Travis? We don't know. Randomly selected amongst those who gave us a five-star review. And remember this, guys. When you review the Huddle Up podcast on Apple, you're speaking for all of the shows under Mile High Huddle. All right? So maybe we're not your favorite show. Maybe the morning show. Uh, maybe Dove Valley Deep Divers or pick the show. This is under the Huddle Up podcast on Apple Pods is where you leave that review. All right? But Shout out to Travis. Thank you for the five-star review. He says, Mile High Huddle rocks. Enjoy all the shows from the priests, building the Broncos, Broncos for breakfast, Deep, Val uh, Deep Valley Divers. <laughs> you all rock. Keep it up and go, Broncos. 
Really appreciate that, Travis. Uh, we're going to send you out a T-shirt as a thank you. So send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. T-shirt size, shipping address. We'll get that out the door. And Zach, let's bounce, dude. Let's get out of here for tonight. Yeah, that's a reminder, though, guys. Go to Apple Podcasts after the pod tonight and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Could be a hat, could be a beanie, could be a mug. Each and every month, we'll give them away like we are to Travis. So congrats on that, Travis. We're done for tonight, though. We're out until Wednesday. Until we see you guys, follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, transactions, and more at Mile I Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. And if you would like, go to HuddleUpPod.com. And if you want a hoodie like I'm wearing, get yourself one right now. A trucker hat like Chad's wearing, get yourself one right now. Bunch of stuff, goodies right there, huddleuppod.com. If you haven't, go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Become a supporter. Hit that big blue button. Five bucks a month. You get exclusive instant access to three VIP shows, Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week, and also facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Uh, But if you can't do those things, do these three things I plead and ask of you so nicely. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Just like you, baby. And just like us. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Shout out to the Facebook super supporters tonight. Here's how it finished. Travis Webb at the very top. Love you, buddy. Miguel, number two. Love you. Shane, love you. Love all of you. Colby. Uh, Jeremy Crane in the hizzy. Andrew Baker, George Fox, Mike Reno, and C. Patrick Havener. Havener, kind of, kind of uh, cool. Really appreciate you guys. And then also got to shout out the super chat superstars from tonight. Got to start uh, making sure we do this in the in the repertoire at the end of every show. Different strokes: Sam Bam, Burnt Brass, seven two seven mil, Eddie Vasquez, Larry, aka Broncos fan number twenty four, Swag Nash, Christy the Queen, Christopher again, and Dennis. Much love and respect to each and every one of you. Thank you. And uh, as Zach said, we'll see you on Wednesday. Take care. And as always, guys, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.